the This Week in Music History podcast with Marty Miller from Nova.ie and Radio Nova. Hello there and thank you for checking out our little podcast. Promise, promise, promise you will learn something over the next six, seven minutes. This is a look back at the week that was from May 24th until May 28th in music history. The week that in 2021 Bob Dylan turns 80. What a milestone for a bloody massive legend. And in 1978, Paul McGuinness becomes the manager of a rather well-known Irish band. And sticking around, Pink Floyd becomes Stamps this week in 2016. But we'll start with Bob Dylan turning 80. The man who looks on his own music as... Most of were songs, you know, they, they weren't sermons. They came out of the folk music realm, but it's also done with a rhythm and uh, a certain type of poetic nuance that I don't know how I derived that. A word of appreciation from Bruce Springsteen. I didn't hear all the early Bob Dylan records. I first heard Bob when he was on top 40 radio. So that must have been 64, 65. And it was like a rolling stone. So that, that changed. And some words of appreciation from Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr and George Harrison. He was our idol. Bob was... Uh... Bob was our hero. Not an idol, but we just heard his record. As I said, we listened to his album and it really gave us a buzz and we played it constantly over and over and over again. I mean, I heard of Bob through John. I think it was freewheeling. We love Bob Dylan. Speaking of Paul McCartney, in 2003 this week, he made his first ever live performance in Russia when he appeared in front of four billion fans in Red Square. Not quite four billion, but a lot. In the words of Russia's President Vladimir Putin, back then, McCartney's music was seen as alien propaganda. East meets West today when the pop star Paul McCartney takes part in a revolutionary radio broadcast. The former Beatle will be taking telephone calls live from the Soviet Union. Paul McCartney, And then, of course, you know, suddenly start doing the lines about Ukraine girls and Moscow girls. And I think... This is going to go down well here. This week back in 1973, the absolute legend that is Carol King played a show in New York Central Park which attracted an audience of around 100,000 people. Carol is celebrating her 10th anniversary in show business this year, and to mark that celebration, she recently completed a cross-country concert tour. She's originally from Brooklyn, so her appearance here in New York was sort of a homecoming party. She invited 90,000 close friends. This week back in 1978, a fella called Paul McGuinness went to see a band called The Hype who were soon to become U2. He said, I'd like to be your manager. He was asked in the 90s what it was like compared to the early days. It's surprisingly the same, you know. I mean, the positions they occupy on stage are the same, the instruments they play are the same. It's all got a bit more complicated. We need a few more people to help. Um, the crew, I think, in those days was one. Um, and it seems to have been increasing in number ever since. Back in 2000 this week, Paula Yates was awarded 400 grand in an out-of-court settlement from her boyfriend Michael Hutchins' fortune. 
Hutchins died in 1997. Paul Yates, the ex of Bob Geldof, who was a television presenter on stuff like The Tube and The Big Breakfast. Here she is actually in 1994, flirting her arse off with Michael Hutchins on The Big Breakfast. And for the first time, this is a guest that I want to have my leg over. And it is. It's the fantastically talented Michael Hutchins. Hi. Hi. Where are you? A big sex symbol or something. Hi. Neil Finn had a birthday this week of Crowded House. Here he is talking on whether they should have called it a day after drummer Paul Hester died. When Paul um, passed on quite a few years later, uh, there was so much weird, um, again, conflict in my mind about... um, that huge full stop on that whole experience. And I, and I had a lot of conflicting and confronting things to consider. I'd lost a very dear friend. Um, but something about what we'd done together seemed to have um, a weight and a gravitas again for me. And so I suppose in a way I wanted to go out and put some good history into that name. Back to 1969 we go now when John and Yoko went to bed for peace in Montreal in Canada. Bed pieces. We're going to stay in bed for seven days, sort of, instead of having a private honeymoon. It's a private protest. For the violence that's going in the world, you see. To say, uh... Be sure that instead of making war, it's better to just stay in bed. Let's stay in bed for three days. And grow your hair. And in 2016, a set of stamps celebrating 50 years of Pink Floyd were unveiled by the Royal Mail in the UK. The 10 stamps will feature album artwork and shots of the band performing. The Royal Mail and band members collaborated on the collection, which will also include limited edition souvenirs and gifts. In a statement, the Royal Mail said few bands in the history of rock have managed to carve out a career as rich and expansive as that of Pink Floyd. Again to 1969, and Rolling Stone, Mick Jagger and Marianne Faithful are arrested in their London home and charged with possession of drugs. They were later released on bail of 50 quid. In an interview afterwards, Mick was asked, shouldn't you be careful because you're an influence on people? People have been uh, talking about responsibility for a long time, about Pop singers generally, everybody in the public eye has a responsibility. I'm not quite sure if this responsibility is quite as great as they make out because I believe that individuals really have their, make their own minds up. And finally to 2015 this week when Michael Jackson's former home, the Neverland Ranch, went for sale for $100 million. Now bear in mind, in 2019, four years later, it was back on the market for... 31 million dollars but here's the first time sale report from the states here's a real thriller the king of pop's famous neverland estate where he lived for 15 years just hit the market for 100 million dollars and while many of the eccentric amenities such as his amusement park rides are no longer there the estate's train station and some of its other famous features are still in place Once boasting a staff of 150 people and costing $10 million a year to maintain, Jackson lived there for 15 years and considered it his paradise on earth. And that is a little look at the way this week shapes up in music and property history. Thanks for checking out our podcast. My name is Marty Miller. Every single day on Nova, we take a look at the day in music history. And that as well is on Nova.ie.